Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast on a Victory Monday. They're all Victory Mondays, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. Along with me on this fine Monday afternoon is Mark Cook, also from PewterReport.com. Mark, Scott has been suspended from the podcast, and Mark, or uh, sorry, not Mark, Matt and Taylor are continuing suspensions extended <laughs> suspensions from the podcast not the first time for those guys man you hate to see them continue to step out of line like this yeah they're the josh gordons of the pewter report staff um <laughs> i guess i shouldn't say that I, I don't think they're suspended for the same reason josh gordon has been suspended over and over but uh well you know they you might know. i mean they're young they're young kids you know it is 2021 so uh anyway clearly i'm the looks of the operation as anybody can see if they're looking at the screen right now so uh, thanks for having me in, John. I got to do something about these glasses, though, because when I was on Channel 8 last weekend, I looked like some sort of cyborg with the reflection of the glasses, and I don't really know what to do. Maybe if I turn my screen down, does that help? That no, actually does help. Yeah, there, really? But you okay. probably can't read your screen, yeah. Not not very good, which is fine. I don't really want to see <laughs> me. I can I can actually see the, the text uh, we're getting people coming in. T-Kraz from... The Ronnie and T. Crash show just popped oh, in. Did you see that? Wow. What's up, T. Crash? Special guest. Wow. Not, not a guest, I guess. Special viewer, special listener. We're going <laughs> to have, uh, we'll have T. Crash on if we can convince him to uh, stay awake till four o'clock. I'm surprised he's awake now. You know, he's got to get up like at three in the morning because he lives about 10, yes. you know, 10 states but, away and has to drive right. real early for the show. But, uh, Hopefully, and when we were doing it at night all the time, we were doing it at night during the playoff run. I would love to have those guys on, and then I'm like thinking, I'm like, there's no way they're going to be. <laughs> yeah, it would be tough. He says but... absolutely anytime. Uh, you come on, that'd be great. No, we'll definitely do that now that we're back at that 4 p.m. time slot. We'll work something out with them. By the way, uh, met Ronnie when I was down. There. I haven't met T. Crest yet. Met Ronnie when I was down there. I met with Zach a couple times. Uh, Blobner and met Ronnie Lane. When you I was met down Jay there, Retcher so. at the uh, at met the Jay, Glory yeah. Days event a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Uh, yep, Ian Beckles all, all is a great, great guy. Uh, really are yeah. really good crew. John Mamola has a heck of a crew over there mm-hmm. at 620. And, and we've been really fortunate to be partners with them, John, for golly, probably five years now. Something oh, like yeah. that going on five Absolutely. years. And our, 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 just finished up our third year with Channel 8. So anyway, very yeah. fortunate to, uh, to have the relationship we have with those guys. It's amazing how many people, John, from the 620 appearances. Taylor was telling a story the other day that – uh, his Uber or Lyft driver at our dinner last Wednesday night, re- you know, found out Peter Report. He goes, "Oh, listen to you guys yeah. on on six twenty. You know what I mean?" And I've had Uber guys uh, before who who say yeah. the same thing. They're in their car all day long. They're, you know, a lot of them are listening to sports radio. So it's uh, it's really cool to realize, you know, how many people yeah. you really do reach out there, and we appreciate six twenty and all they do. Oh, absolutely, yeah, no question about it. We also appreciate our sponsors over at Celsius who are bringing you everything that you see on this show. Today, as they always do.
Celsius powers lives every day with essential functional energy, no sugar. You're looking for an energy drink that tastes great, gives you that pop and sizzle that you get from your soda. Look at Mark Cook down in two. Love it. Love it. You can do that with them telling you these things are sweet. I'm going to do in the grape today, uh, but I was doing the orange, I think, the last time you had on the show. A bunch of different flavors. A couple people have DM me this week telling me they or, or tweeted at me and said they found some new flavors that I haven't tried yet, so I got to check out. But check out Celsius, ladies and gentlemen. It is terrific stuff. The best energy drink out there. Burns body fat, accelerates metabolism. There's no sugar. It's so good for you. Uh, and my wife just found out, by the way, she's going gluten and dairy free lately. So she was like, I don't know if I can keep drinking them. She looked she can. And so uh, she's pretty excited about that too. So they've really thought everything. And the most amazing part is they've still produced so just an awesome tasting drink. Great company, great people to support. Uh, so definitely uh, check out Celsius and uh, and get yourself some. You can go to Celsius.com and you can uh, purchase them there. Find the stores uh, to purchase them at, or you can go to Amazon and purchase the variety pack itself, Celsius. Try a bunch of different flavors. It's really good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Mark, we got a lot of bucks talk to get to on the show today. Um, and we're going to focus all on the offensive side of the ball. If you haven't, go over to pewterreport.com. You can check out my article on the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks, kind of giving a little bit of an offseason outlook a little bit. But we're going to talk in more detail about the offensive side of the ball, go through them position-wise. Also, make sure you go check out Monday morning's mailbag. Mark answered some pretty good questions. I thought that was one of the better slated questions that we've had in a while, Mark. There were some good ones in there and answered a couple good ones in there. So check that out for sure as well. But let's start with the quarterback position, Mark, because it's the one I think we can move through the quickest while at the same time noting that there may be some important crossroads for the Bucs eventually down the road. Tom Brady, obviously going into the last year of his contract with the Bucs, more likely in your mind, the Bucs extend Tom Brady's contract this offseason for one more year, or maybe more, but probably one more year, or the Bucs draft a quarterback in the first or second round. What's more likely to you? I think I, – I really think extending Brady. I think – Again, through creative um, cap maneuvers and things like that, by adding a year or two on the deal, I think they can lower that cap value. Now, again, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how teams do that, where they add a couple years on and somehow it lowers the amount. Um, but but they seem to be able to do that. The Saints are masters at that, right? Of course, it's mm -hmm. catching up to the Saints this year. Although, I don't know what Mickey Loomis has. He's got some sort of uh, voodoo in New Orleans or something to be able to field a pretty competitive team year after year being up against the cap. But this year it's a little bit different with them being close to $100 million over. Now, they were able to reduce and restructure Drew Brees' contract, even though he's going to retire. Uh, but that's going to save them uh, several million dollars. So they're down around $65 million over the salary cap, which is still a lot. They've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But going back to what you're saying, John, you know, adding adding a year or two onto Tom Brady is is could could be financially beneficial to him, salary cap wise, but also stability of the franchise. Um, you know, we wonder is is you know there were people who were saying before the Super Bowl, national people, not local people, because us local folks knew Brady was going to come back next year. But some were wondering mm -hmm. if he walks off in the sunset. If he wins another Super Bowl next year, that question is going to be even louder. Uh, but if he's got a couple years left on the deal, and we saw what he said during Super Bowl week that he'd like to play past 45 if he stays healthy enough. Um, you know, maybe that gives the franchise a little bit more stability, and it certainly doesn't put pressure on them to draft his heir apparent. Um, mm -hmm. 
Jason Light was on with you and Scott a couple weeks ago. They really like Blaine Gabbert. I don't think Blaine Gabbert's the long-term answer. Um, Ryan Griffin has been – Ryan Griffin has the greatest job in the history of sports, by the way. I think he's played in mm-hmm. eight NFL snaps. He's made close to $7 million. Um, sign me up, please, swear. Uh, you know, I'll take half of that <laughs> amount of money. But anyway, uh, no, I, I would say, you know, Brady signing a, an extension – um, which may be a benefit to the Bucks cap wise and certainly to the stability for the next couple years of the organization is more likely, I think, to them drafting one. I think, yeah, you know, that they'll consider drafting one, but they won't force a quarterback. I mean, they won't force that. If mm-hmm. if there's a guy they've got ranked high enough at 32, uh, if somebody they have ranked say 15th or 16th were to drop yeah. to 32, then that changes things. But I don't believe that's going to happen. Right. I'm with you completely. I think more likely is a Brady extension. I even think that's fairly likely to throw one more year on that deal, maybe spread out the cap it, or I'm not sure if that'll be the strategy or maybe just ensure that he's there uh, before, you know, he gets, gets to that, it gets to that point. Um, I really think that again, you're picking at 32, you know, people have to remember that it's like, Oh, we know quarterback of the future is definitely a need and something that the bucks are going to pursue eventually. But there's no indication that that needs to be this offseason per se. Maybe it ends up needing to be this offseason. Maybe they go into next offseason and Brady decides to retire and they are looking for the answer. Well, at that point, you could draft one um, and you could know that you've got the rest of your roster and kind of in place and in and, and, and where you want it to be. And then you're pursuing you know those guys. But for this year, I think it is about adding to the talent and other positions. Also, you're probably going to have five quarterbacks. The way people are talking, you're probably going to have five quarterbacks drafted in the top 15. Unless the Bucks are trying to jump all the way up there I just don't see it happen. You don't see the, the 32nd uh, pick jumping up that high very often. So, you know, it really is um, – it's one of those things that creates a quandary for the Bucks. that if they were to try and do that, they'd really be forcing it, I think. And the chance to get in the top guy or a top guy aren't very high, you know, without giving up most of your right. draft probably. And, and this Just is the year teams are going to take them high, Mark. These guys are going to fly off yeah. the board because there's a lot of teams that need them. Yeah, and, and we talked about this last week, John, that um, – you know, may, maybe this is the year the Buccaneers, you know, because there's not a ton of needs on this football team. Now, as far as for t- 2021, um, there will be needs down the road. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Carlton Davis and how the young secondary, do they continue to develop? Do you need more guys back there? Shaq Barrett, is he back? Is JPP has just one more year and Dominic and Sue? There's a lot of things you've got to look at a couple years down the road. You can't just be 100% focused on 2021, but... Uh, there's not any glaring needs is what I'm trying to say. So maybe this mm-hmm. is the year that the Buccaneers do take a flyer on a guy and uh, let him sit a year or two behind Brady. But um, but you know what? Something I was reading on Twitter, it was a debate between some people, and I don't remember who. I wish I did because I like to give people credit. But they were talking about maybe, um, you know, maybe this is the year that the Buccaneers trade that 32nd pick. Maybe there's a quarterback yep. that slips a little bit, which I, I'm I'm with you. Those those top five guys are going to go pretty quick. But maybe a guy were to fall and a team really falls in love with a quarterback and wants to move up. And maybe they give up that number one next year. That's, you know, I, I like the idea of moving back in the draft. Uh, I don't really like the idea of trading for future picks. But if you could trade for a future number one, uh, for a 32nd pick, and we've seen it happen yep. in the past before. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to do, and I think it's something that certainly they should consider doing based on the fact that there's just not a glaring need. They don't need 
um, a right tackle this year, right? They had to have a right mm-hmm. tackle last year, and and right. you know they they needed that safety in Antoine Winfield Jr. But you know they don't need that this year. So there's a lot right. of different options, and and they've got a lot of different flexibility with that 32nd pick. It's it's not going to be as as fun draft night for fans. Uh, just because we're so used to a top 10 or a top 15 pick being one of those big names. Um, you know, you're, guys, you're going to have to study this draft a little bit more because we all know the top 15 guys. Casual people know mm-hmm. the top 15 guys, but when you get out of that top 20 and you get down towards the top of the second round, then, you know, you got to study a little bit more. But um, anyway, that's what you're here for, John. You are going to present <laughs> a million options at 32. Now, you did a mock yeah. draft uh, last week. It was a first-round mock draft for all teams. What did you have, in case people haven't read it, where did you have the Buccaneers going there? Yeah, I had them going with Najee Harris, uh, the running back from Alabama. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things that's going to probably – this, to me, is the conversation that will extend the probably the longest this offseason would be my guess, Mark, because it's very unlikely the Bucs will make a high-profile move at running back, like signing an Aaron Jones or even like a – you know, even, a, you know, a James Conner. I don't even think that's going to happen, not that I would even rule out running back if they sign somebody like Connor, but like somebody like that, I don't think the Bucs are going to do that this offseason. I do think Leonard Fournette's going to get more money somewhere else. So if that happens, Mark, if I'm right and Leonard Fournette gets more money somewhere else and the Bucs decide we out cap dollars are precious right now. We don't want to allocate those resources to a running back when we feel like throughout the season, more or less, they proved they thought he was pretty replaceable at certain times during the season. So we don't want to do that. So my question is, is running back then become the biggest offensive need this offseason? I mean, when you look at the other position groups, there are certainly paths to them becoming needs. You know, if Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown both were to walk, we don't think that's going to happen. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Rob Gronkowski were to walk, you know, Cam Brait were to be uh, cut, you know, cut at that point. Okay, there's no certainty at the tight end position. We'll, you know, we'll touch on that in a second. Offensive line, all five starters are back. Down the road, we could see there being, you know, b- b- potential uh, concerns. And again, we'll touch on that in a second. But right now, for 2021. I don't think there's a bigger need on offense than the running back position. But it also, I have to think about the fact that it's not the greatest value of all the positions right. in the field. What I said at the beginning of last season was I don't think the Bucs have a great running back room. This is before the year started. I said it on this podcast. I don't think the Bucs have a great running back room. I also don't think that that's the end of the world. There were times, Mark, in the regular season where I wanted to eat those words because it looked like the Bucs were going to lose football games right. because of how bad that backfield was in the passing game. But they did step up when they needed it. And again, running backs grow on trees, man. Like you can have one of the – I thought the Bucs had one of the worst running back rooms in the league in terms of what they do that provides value, the most value, which is in the passing game. For most of the season, that was a struggle. But again – this they won a Super Bowl, group. though. They won a Super I'm Bowl exactly with a terrible right. running back group, if right. you want to call it that. And I wouldn't call it that because I like Ronald Jones a lot, and Leonard Fournette was 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 very good in his spot duty, particularly in the playoffs. But um, but they need a complete running back. I mean, that, I think that really cements this offense as being um, a no weakness offense. I mean, look, they scored yeah. thirty points down the stretch. They scored more than thirty points in every playoff game, including the Super Bowl. Um, with a pedestrian running game. I think they finished 28th in the league or something like that in, in, in rushing last year, and they still won a Super Bowl rather handily. So it, it's yeah. it's not like it's a, a desperate need, but if you're going to pick one area on the offense where you know it could actually make this offense even better, 
it is running back. And I don't know I don't know that I mean better in the terms of they're going to rush for more yards next year because Ronald Jones did average 5.1 yards a carry uh, this year. Now he missed a couple games with the COVID and the broken finger. But, um, I mean, they were effective at times running the football. It's just that, you know, Bruce Arians loves to throw the football. I mean, that's and, and that's where the weapons are. And certainly in today's NFL, you know, that's it, this isn't the 1970s NFL where you've got to have a, a Franco Harris or a Walter Payton or even going back to the Bucks with Ricky Bell or James Wilder. Those things aren't as crucial. They help your offense, um, but it's not necessarily the end of the world as we saw this year. But there's going to be some free agents out there, I think. Um, some guys that Tom Brady are is familiar with that's played with and played well uh, for with him in the past in, at New England and um, you know that could be a guy that the Buccaneers target free agent wise and and make no mistake in a year that the salary cap is going to be no more than I think what 181 and a half somewhere around there that's where that's where we're talking the salary yeah, cap's going to be like that, yeah. there's going to be a ton of guys that are going to gamble on one year deals prove themselves right. deals and with a team poised to repeat as a Super Bowl. You're going to have guys calling you. You're going to have agents calling Jason Light saying, hey, uh, I got James White on the phone, or I got Rex Burkhardt on the phone, or I got Malcolm Brown of the Rams mm-hmm. on the on the phone right now. They'd, they'd love to come play with Tom Brady and win a ring. So um, I think they're going to find somebody. And, and but, I, right. but I don't disagree with drafting one, particularly at the – I mean, I don't know that i draft a running back ever in the top 10 or the top 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, think about if the Buccaneers had drafted Dalvin Cook, which they didn't. It's fine. I'm not arguing that point. I, I know there was con- some concerns and legitimate concerns about taking him that early. But just take a look at this offense if Dalvin Cook had been a part of it <laughs> the last couple years, you know, instead Pretty of O.J. Howard. Pretty scary. So there are instances if it's the right running back. And I like Najee Harris a lot. I really do. I think he um, is going to be a very good running back in the NFL. I think he's going to be better than – you know, uh, um, the kid that the, the Raiders drafted, his his name slipping my mind right yeah. now a couple Josh years Jacobs. ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be one of the better Alabama running backs. And Alabama running backs, you know, going back to Ingram uh, and, and even farther back, have, have done well in the NFL because mm-hmm. they come from, you know, a pretty damn good system up there in Alabama. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's not the end of the world, like you say, John, because right. they won a Super Bowl with uh, one of the worst rushing yeah, backs yeah, exactly. if you want to look at that exactly. in the NFL. Right, exactly right. I mean, this is not like, again, we can say it's a huge need while also saying it's not the most important need. There are differences, you know what I mean? Like, you might need a guy to play most of your staffs or running back this season. I mean, that's the way – where they're at on Ronald Jones, I think the the player that fans and the team might be the furthest apart on right now is, is Ronald Jones. Fans see a guy who would have got to 1,000 yards if he hadn't gotten hurt at the end of the regular season, and they say – this guy could be the guy who took a huge step in the right direction. To me, it's just more about the offensive line got better. The run scheme got a little bit better. They got a little bit sharper at the things they did. He took advantage. Certainly, I think he had a fine season running the football. I've said many times I like him more than Leonard Fournette or any other running back on the team running the football. But I'm telling you, Bruce Arians has said it himself straight up. The value at the position that this team needs is in the passing game. Like you said, they are a yeah. passing offense first and foremost. Yes, they need a guy who can run the rock at times. There's no question. But this is a passing football team. I think they're fourth in the NFL in, in neutral pass rate this season. So this team wants to throw the football. That's always who they're going to be under Bruce Arians. As long as that's true, and as long as Tom Brady is continuing to be the best quarterback in the league at getting through progressions and knowing when to utilize the check down and get the ball out quickly to his running back, 
you need a guy who can catch at this position. And you can you need that in all offenses, but I'm just saying Brady is going to find that guy more often than other quarterbacks because he is not Patrick Mahomes going to run around and try and throw the ball 80 yeah. yards to make a play. Like That's not who he is. Yeah. He's going to look at the progression, and if he sees the linebacker is slow getting out of the flat because he's sinking underneath the slant or whatever, he's going to get it out to the running back, and he wants that running back to get five yards after that catch. At least the Bucs didn't have a guy that did that consistently last year. I, Leonard did flash that a little bit down the stretch during the year, but they need a guy who can do that every time. And that's why I like Najee Harris to them. I don't think he's the only option. I want to see who else is on the board. There's other positions that are more valuable. It's not a great class in a lot of other positions where I can say, oh, these great player at this position group, especially defensively. It's just not a very good defensive class, which is another reason why I think there could be a great argument for trading down, which we'll touch on in a second too, Mark, as we move to, to wide receiver in this class. But the last thing I'll say about running back, one thing you said piqued my interest there is that you said this offseason with the cap being the way that it is, a lot of players might take one-year deals. And I thought about that, and I thought about where the league's at in the running back position, and it made me think, I'm not saying it's going to happen because I think Leonard played himself into more money, but it wouldn't <clears throat> shock me if that is the situation where the cap does end up at 180, and that's that's fine. Bucks can survive at 180, but I wonder if he gets the money thrown at him that he thinks he's going to get thrown at him this offseason. And I wonder if he sees Tampa Bay as they currently are with Ronald Jones in a contract year, going into a contract year and Leonard Fournette clearly having surpassed him in crunch time at the end of the season, most important games of the year. If Fournette sees that and says, you know what, I might come back to Bucks on what maybe gets a little bit better offer for two years, but it's not what he wants. And so I might come back to the Bucks on a one year cheap deal. Um, you know, something to think about. I'm not saying it's yeah. going to happen. No, I, I, I agree. Something to think about. In, in this year, in this climate, in, in this salary cap world, in a COVID year, it makes a lot more sense. If this were a normal season, then Fournette, we can probably say, is 99% gone. But I would say right now, there's at least a 30 40% chance that he's back on a one-year deal because, um, you know, he loved this locker room. He loved the coaching staff. I mean, he grew up a lot. And let's face it, John, this is a guy that was – Open for all 32 teams last year, right, before the Buccaneers signed him. He cleared waivers. The Jacksonville Jaguars didn't want him anymore. So, yep. it, it, again, it's not like he came in and had 1,000 yards himself this year. Now he he was fine and was effective in the playoffs, but I don't know that he did anything to command – you know, more than five or six million dollars a year anywhere. And I don't even think I don't even think he's going to command that much. But I don't know that the Buccaneers want to pay him a whole lot more than they did last year. And I don't remember the exact number, but wasn't it around two and a half million somewhere around there uh, yeah, for, for like one that. year? I, I don't I don't I don't think they would want to do more than that this year, to be honest with you. And I don't know, you know, that he's going to get a ton more than that out on the open market just because of the way the salary cap is this year. And and you know what? I'm with you, John. I don't, I don't have any problem at all with, with Leonard Fournette. Excuse me, coming back, but I still think the Buccaneers definitely need um, to try and find that Lashawn McCoy that they yeah. thought that they maybe they were going to get this year. Um, that guy that can that can be a third down back, that can pass protect decently, but really catch the ball out of the backfield and and convert and make people miss. Those guys, when they caught the ball, they rarely made anybody miss, mm -hmm. and that's that to me is, is a third down back. You need to be able to make that linebacker miss because if you do that, you know it goes from a six yard gain to potentially a 20-yard gain out of the backfield. And, and again, Tom yep. Brady has, has, has made a, a living checking down to running backs uh, who, who've had a ton of yards after the catch over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's uh, – you know, you mentioned pass protection. And before we jump over to wide receivers, I get to some of these questions and then jump over to wide receivers. I think that's a really good point. There were a couple interceptions this year that happened because of pass protection issues. Not, yeah. I'm not talking about just like a bad play or a throw or a tough throw or Brady got hit. I'm talking about literal turnovers happened because I think of a couple right off the top of my head. 
First interception in the Chiefs game, Ronald Jones screwed up the protection. Interception against the Panthers, protection was a part of the issue. I think there was an overthrow to Gronk. May have been miscommunication on the route. Protection was a part of that issue, though. Ronald Jones missed the guy he was supposed to pick up in that protection. Um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, so it was Packers game. Leonard Fournette is supposed to abandon his fake and pick up that blitzer. Right. He didn't do it on the third interception against Green Bay. He didn't do it. And because of that, Brady was shocked by the fact that he was getting hit as he threw. So he tried to throw one up uh, before getting dropped for that sack and basically taking them out of field goal range. Didn't get enough on the ball and end up floating up in the air and getting intercepted. So I say all that to say when you talk about, oh, Ronald Jones had a thousand yards and so, or what had a thousand yards. And so he's the guy. uh, And the Bucs think that. They don't. <laughs> and right. So maybe Ronald Jones comes out and starts balling in the pass game, and all of a sudden, <laughs> pass protects in year four, Mark. But I just don't think no, it's it, you, you, you either got it or you you either can catch a ball or you point, can't catch a ball, man. Yeah. I mean, we go, go back to playing in the in, in the backyard with your buddies, right? Um, there was guy, there were guys that you know could, could just go up and get a right. football, or even at PE and in, in 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 school, middle school or high school. You know, there were just guys that were just natural pass catchers, and there were other guys that just had bricks for hands. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll go back to Todd McNair, his first year here in Tampa Bay. He's the running backs coach for the Buccaneers, saying when he got here, Ronald Jones had no idea how to position his pan- hands. To catch a ball, I wish you would have been there in that yeah. press conference because he. Well, I remember he, you telling me about it. He, he even demonstrated how, you know, I mean, you know, catching a ball. Yeah. I mean, you know, out of the backfield, you know, your hands after just the fact that he had no idea how to do that was just mind-boggling that this guy had made it to the NFL and had never had to really learn that. And I, yeah. I don't know if it's that I don't I don't know that he's not going to John in his fourth year. He's just not. I, I mean, he is who he is, and uh, you know, he's a solid player. Right. He's a thousand-yard rusher. But he's not a, a a three down, you know, twenty five, thirty touch a guy um, mm-hmm. guy in the NFL, in my opinion. Right. Nope. I agree with you. And even if he does somehow do it, you can't go into the season counting on it happening. You just right. can't. Not after the way right. last season ended. Get to a couple questions real quick before we move to wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line. Uh, just me, Pooh Shimmy says, "Hey John, which free agents do you actually think will get to come back, and who will be gone?" Talked about a little bit on recent shows. Uh, I won't get into a ton of detail just because of time on this one, but I do think the top guys will be back. Chris Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup. Don't know about AB. Really don't know if anybody knows about AB. Going to try to get some content up on AB and his weird offseason that he has coming up uh, this week, actually, to, to talk about with Bucks fans because I think there's a lot of people that just don't know what's going on there. So don't think Leonard will be back. Uh, no Joe Haig. I'm trying to remember who else, uh, but I think that's everybody. But, yeah, that's kind of how I see it right now. Um, what are the chances the Bucks sign JJ Watt? Actually, if they can't re, especially if they can't re-sign Shaq, it doesn't look like the chances of signing JJ Watt are great, just because it seems like he wants to stay up north and he's got some options there. Uh, so uh, we'll see what he ends up doing. Uh, I did write about how they could sign him uh, for sure if they wanted to, and we'll see if they pursue that. My guess is he might make a decision on a team before the Bucks are ready to offer money. Right now, I think the Bucks' priority is bringing everybody back. If for some reason he's still available at that point in time. And he wants to play in Tampa. I think it'll happen, but I think it might be a priority thing. Right you think now. he may end up with his? Uh... Ooh, I just dropped my microphone. Sorry about that. <laughs> you did that last time. A lot of TV. I, I, I've, you know, I've, anyway, I've got to figure out a better system to this this uh, base that holds it in here. I'm balancing it on my computer, but um, maybe he ends up uh, in Pittsburgh. What would you think about that? I don't think watch. there's any chance that he ends up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know people think that. And I think betting odds, right. even at the best betting odds, end up in Pittsburgh. Right. But they just don't have any money, and I don't know how they would pay him. I think it's Bills, Packers, 
maybe the Bears. I know the Bears have been thrown out there, but my guess would be Bills or Packers. Uh, Browns make sense too. Bills, Packers, or Browns. That's that would be my top three yeah. guesses for him right now. Uh, Tom Bucks fans want to say, will Brait stay? We're going to talk about this actually in a second, so I'll hold this one. Will Brait stay? If you want to know if Brait will stay, uh, keep listening. We're going to talk about that in a second. Chances Bucks draft running back in the first or second round. Decent. I think very decent. We'll know after free agency. And if we see if they bring everybody back but not Leonard, we'll know that chance has probably gone up that they draft a running back in the first or second round. Also, what about trading down from the first round and still uh, drafting a running back? Let's talk about this in a second here, Mark, the OBJ, Chris Godwin uh, rumors and why they're pretty ridiculous. But And the franchise tag on Godwin, too. I see you down there, Gary Buffy. We'll get to that question as well. But first, I want Mark to give you the opportunity to talk about our good friends and sponsors over at Briar Greaves. John, Briar's staff is growing as a business. And They're busy as ever. You know, what a year for the insurance world. Record number of name storms this past year. Hurricane season's upcoming now. Um, You know, flooding. We saw what happened in Texas with the freezing weather. There were wildfires in California. I mean, it's like revelation in the Bible, right? You got to get protected, and there's one place to do it. Listen, there's nobody listening to this podcast right now that doesn't need some form of insurance that Briar Greaves carries whether it's home insurance whether it's life insurance whether it's auto insurance whether it's business insurance they can handle it boat insurance tom brady call briar greaves right now you need insurance on that boat especially if you're ever going to let rob gronkowski drive it listen briar greaves has been around for over 30 years they're tampa bay fans they're big buccaneer fans they're season ticket holders they love the Tampa Bay community, and they want to serve you. The best thing about Briar Greaves, John, is all you got to do is just give them a call, and you're going to speak to Briar, or you're going to speak to Sam, or they're going to call you right back because, um, you know, they're just uh, they're that type of personal agent. You're not just a policy number to Briar Greaves. You are an actual person. And, um, you know, just I, I know everybody that needs insurance probably has their coverage already, but why not shop around your automobile insurance? Why not shop around your homeowner's insurance? What if you could save three or four or five hundred dollars a year? Think about that. Maybe you can upgrade your season tickets for the Bucks this year with the money that you save. Give Briar or Sam a call today, 813-876-4166. Again, 876-4166. Call Briar, call Sam, tell him you heard him on the Pewter Report podcast. Give him a call. Just tell him what you got. Get your deck page out for your homeowner's policy, for your auto policy. Let them know what you have. They'll shop around. They'll call you back. They'll say, I can save you some money or I can't save you any money. And uh, in the meantime, you'll have some good chats with some big Buccaneer fans. Briar Greaves, big fans of the Pewter Report podcast, good friends of the Pewter Report podcast, and huge Buccaneer fans. Give them a shout. Again, that phone number is 813-876-4166. Gary Buff wants to know, why don't we use the franchise tag on Godwin? Well, actually, Gary, that is probably exactly what is going to happen. I think Chris Godwin is probably not going to get paid this offseason. Again, we've said a lot on the pod, but I know some people don't hear every every time, so I try to repeat some of this stuff. So bear with us if you've, if you've been with us for every show and you've heard us say this a lot. But the tag going to be a little over $16 million based on the projected cap right now. We'll see what ends up happening with that. But that will probably be the price tag for Godwin as opposed to – 20, 18 with the least, but probably closer to 20 would be what Godwin was looking at. Uh, so somewhere in that range is what he'd be asking for. Might be the rare situation, Mark, where the tag works out for everybody because Godwin could hit the market after a huge year in 2021. 
could be in the conversation for highest paid receiver in the league at that point. Uh, if he comes off another year like uh, 2019, definitely. I mean, 1,300 yards, right. 86 catches, nine touchdowns, still super young, can play inside or outside, blocks, great character, great hands, reliable. You know what I mean? Like it's the list goes on and on. The guy's a stud. Um, so he could reset the market at that point in time. It's possible. Um, cap's going to go up too. So you've got that. And you also don't have to deal with the great free agent class of wide receivers and another great draft. Well, you probably will have another dra- fourth straight great draft class of wide receiver, but probably not like the last three. I don't think it's due to fall off a little bit. So I do expect that to happen with Chris Godwin, Mark. However, let's look at worst case scenarios as we always do on this show, just to be prepared. If Godwin and AB have some uncertainty, does wide receiver then become a need? And here's what I what I'll pose to you. Let's say AB isn't back. He prices himself out of the Bucks range. Teams feel good about the the person at this point in time, whatever that means. And they say, okay, we're gonna, you know, somebody Seattle throws money at him, or somebody throws money at him. They want you to come and be our number three guy, and we're gonna try and get Russ on the right track here. Bucks are like, all right, see ya. Okay, so they've got Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans under contract. Let's say Godwin gets a tag, but there's the, this understanding that Godwin could be asking to be the highest paid receiver in the league next year, and you might not be able to give him that kind of money if you're bringing back other people as you want to for this season. And if you're trying to eventually sign Carlton Davis, who Bruce Arians is called a top five corner in the league if you're trying to sign him long term. So again, it's a scenario, but in that case, do you think Tyler Johnson has done enough to make the Bucks feel like, okay, yeah, like definitely he's going to be the guy that replaces Godwin, just straight up one to one. Or do you think that the Bucks say, oh, we don't have a lot of needs? If uh, Tyler Johnson could be the long term, you know, baby Godwin, the backup to, go- to Godwin's role in this offense. Remember, critical role in the offense. Larry Fitzgerald role that, that he played for Bruce Arians in Arizona needs that big slot. Heinz Ward role that he played in Pittsburgh. Bruce Arians always relies on this guy. He might not be the best player, but he's a volume guy. You have to have a playmaker and a consistent, reliable guy in that role. It's always been a star player. I just don't know if he's going to say, all right, yeah, fifth rounder Tyler Johnson. You know, that's our guy, period. Godwin's playing on the tag. Like, you know, whatever happens, happens. But Tyler Johnson's our guy. If Godwin moves on, he prices himself out. Mike Evans on the outside, Scotty Miller on the outside. I just don't know if that's going to be the case, Mark. I, I wonder if if this scenario, Godwin gets tagged and, and they don't feel like, a long-term deal, they feel like they're far apart when they get to talk. Right. You know, we feel like we're just not there. And A.B. goes elsewhere. I don't know that they're like, yep, we'll, we'll just run it with Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, and whoever we draft. And knowing, knowing that they need a quarterback probably in next year's draft, we'll run it back with these three. I wonder if wide receiver becomes a need if they fall in love with somebody who's on the board in the first round. Well, being that, that it's a very deep class this year, that that's definitely a distinct possibility. Right. Um, and even if it's not, even if they feel they can re-sign Godwin, and, and, and I was speaking to somebody today, um, they'll they'll tag Godwin most likely, uh, but they have until mid-July to work out a long-term deal with him. And so, you know, they'll tag him to keep him from hitting free agency next month, uh, but that's not going to stop them from looking to maybe – you know, extend him or, or, or come up with a new long-term deal for him. Here's something that I'm going to say that Buccaneer fans are going to lose their mind, and I don't agree with necessarily, but if the Bucks tag Chris Godwin, at some point in 2022, if they've got to make a choice, would they choose Godwin based on his age over a guy like Mike Evans? Um, you know, could Mike Evans be you know, on the, uh, not, not on the chopping block. I don't want to use that word, but again, if, if you had to pick one of those two guys for, you know, the next five years, 
Um, you almost have to go with the guy that has, you know, the younger guy who's 24 with more more upside that that is a little more versatile in what he does. I think. Um, so again, I, I still think, think here's what I think between the two though. I, well, I don't either. And I think I really believe they're going to get, I don't, I, I'm not worried about Godwin long-term. I think he's going to be here. They're going to franchise tag him. And I think they would sign him next year. If you're talking $20 million versus it's 15.8 right now is, is the number that I got earlier today, roughly, like you say, 16 million, somewhere around there for the franchise tag. And you're talking $20 million for a long-term deal. That's only $4 million. That's really nothing in NFL terms. It's, it's not, it's not like it's 3 million and $20 million. I mean, um, if they're willing to pay him $15 million a year this year, uh, another $5 million for a long-term deal per season, I don't think is, yeah. is out of the question. If, if they're willing to pay him $15 million this year, um, they want to keep this guy long-term because, um, um, you know, he's, he is only 24. I was, you know, I was surprised when I, when I did the Monday mailbag today, I was just mm-hmm. looking at some of his background information. Like, Jesus, this guy seems like he's been here for five or six years, but he hasn't. But he's only 24 years old, and um, yeah. you know I think there's still so much more that he could do if he stays healthy. One thing about Chris Godwin um, is, and I don't think fans noticed all the dirty work that this guy does. It's not an easy position to just throw Tyler Johnson in there and say, okay, all of a sudden now you're going to play inside, now you're going to have to block in the running game. I don't know what Tyler Johnson's strengths and, and, and forte is when it comes to doing that. It takes a special breed to play the position or is used the way that Chris Godwin is used in this Buccaneers offense. It's not easy. That's it's right. very physical position. So it's not just a matter of can Tyler Johnson run fast and, and, and catch the ball because we know that he's he can do those things. Um, but at the same time, Tom Brady has also made the career of so many receivers that people just didn't know of, of fifth-round guys like a Tyler Johnson. But you know what I'm saying, up in New England, guys yeah. that – you know, started the season out and you had no idea who he is, who they are. And next thing you know, they're they're approaching a thousand yards for the season and and catching big touchdown passes in Super Bowls. So um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think AB's gone. Um, it wouldn't bother me one single bit. I think you've got some guys back there. Godwin comes back. AB's gone. Tyler Johnson gets a bigger role. Scotty Miller gets a bigger role. Um, and and I, I don't know if you. If you draft a guy then, but yeah, you, you, if you keep Godwin, then I don't think it's nearly a priority. But if for some reason, like you say, John, you're thinking to yourself, we can't afford Godwin next year, which makes no sense because the salary cap is going to go up big time. And it's going to go right. up big time because the TV, what I was reading, is the network. Right. I mean, the NFL is looking to double, double the yeah. amount for the broadcast rights right now. They'll which- probably get it. <laughs> they probably will, and it's going to just—it's just, just going to blow up the cap for the following year because the revenue is just going to go crazy. Especially if they can get fans in the stands this year. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it could be a situation where the cap we see a dip this year and then skyrocket next year, like go yeah. back up to where they they thought it was going to be. NFL ain't hurting for money, ain't going to be hurting for money, no. and so long term it's not a concern. So this is exactly why you're right. And by the way, this is exactly why the Bucks can sign everybody that they want. Just yeah. arrange the deal so they hit big in 2022, 2023, because the cap is not going to stay down. It is going to go up. Uh, COVID is not going to have that long term of an impact. And so, yeah, I think that the Bucks can can sign people with assurance that they're going to have. They already have the most cap room in the NFL of any team in the league for 2022, and they just won the Super Bowl. That's right. crazy. So they have lots of wiggle room to be able to bring back everybody this year. People are looking at oh, 21 mil in the cap this year in space. It's not that. It's not like that. I mean, that's not. That's like the most linear way to look at it, but you have to look at the cap a lot differently. John, I know John, it's confusing. John, I had but. somebody in the Bucks front office tell Scott and I. A couple of years ago, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact thing, the exact way that they said it to us. But 
basically they said they could clear $20 million. I think it was, I think that was the figure with basically a couple phone calls, right? Reworking yeah, a couple deals. Yes. I mean, they can make money. Um, you know, and again, we, we've right. seen the saints somehow continually manipulate the cap uh, year after year. Now, again, it's finally right. catching up with them and the Buccaneers don't want to get in a position where they're hurting, but knowing that the cap is going to go up drastically in 2022, uh, should help them be able to work out some deals and create some money for 2021. They can keep, right. like I wrote in the mailbag, they can keep as many of the guys as they want. Now, they, they're they going to choose probably not to. Fournette uh, may be a guy they choose not to. Antonio Brown, a, a couple other guys. But um, but they can keep the guys if, if, if they really want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people are asking, you know, about Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. And I don't want to spend too much time on it or anything. And we'll talk more about this whole wide receiver room uh, on a later podcast for sure, especially as we get closer to free agency. We'll go in depth on it. But I, it is hard to compare the two. They just do really different yeah, things. Two you different know, I don't things. think Completely I know Mike Evans. Right. They can't. I, I know Mike Evans can't do what Chris Godwin does. I know that. But how many I don't teams think Chris Godwin had, can do what Mike Evans does. But how many teams Evans. have had two $20 million receivers in the building? I mean, yeah, well, just, isn't just Mike Evans happen. a sixteen? Right? Isn't he? Well, he that's because that's because he 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 was very friendly to the did, team. Yeah, but but they're gonna that money is gonna catch up at some point, though, right? I mean, if he took less this year, I don't know how they did it. They spread out. They I gave think, him more as a signing bonus, he, or as I know a, he's got a, three years on his contract. I don't think he's prorated too heavily. The Bucs have kicked like no money down the road, so basically nothing that they've done right now or that they've done up to this point is like right. going to hurt them down the road. Okay. Um, I think. I'm yeah. Not sure if Mike Evans just agreed to a friendly deal or what. I mean, the the first year of his deal was just really they, they, front loaded. They rest- I think they and they restructured, you know, something. They restructured him this past year, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm seeing it here. Yeah, it was a restructure to save about, about four mil thing like that. So yeah, he's his cap hit actually this season is is 16 mil. Yeah. So and then next two years it'll be 18, uh, 18 uh, for the next each of the next two years. So. Again, man, you've got him locked up at the right time at a really reasonable rate, right up until I mean, Mike Evans is twenty seven. <laughs> People forget. I know, but but, but again, okay, is. say it's crazy. If it's eighteen and it's twenty, that's thirty eight. Twenty five for a quarterback. So in you know, in three oh, guys, right. you've got you if know, you, you sign Godwin, yeah, if you, yeah, if you're talking about twenty six million for Godwin next offseason or twenty four million, whatever you know, right, right now DeAndre Hopkins is the highest paid guy, twenty seven. And he's kind of reset things, so we'll see. Again, I don't think anybody's going to – Allen Robinson's gonna, not going to get there this offseason. But, again, Godwin's young. He comes off a 1,410 touchdown season. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's going to get 27 mil, but I'm saying 24, yes, he's going to be in that conversation for sure. 25, that will happen. If the cap skyrockets, somebody will throw 27. If they go to 205 or 210 on the cap next season – I guarantee you somebody will throw 27 at him. And that's just a lot of money to tie up in wide receiver. Maybe the Bucs feel like they can do it. I mean, probably going to let a lot of guys in the 2022 or free agent class go at that point in time. So something to think about for sure. But, yeah, they are very different guys. It is hard to say one-to-one. Like, you could compare trade to trade. Who's better at this? Who's better at that? Um, but, I, yeah, I think Godwin was better than Mike Evans this past season for sure. Mike Evans dealt with a ton of injuries, um, you know, moved around a little more than he's used to. Uh, so, yeah, there's uh, – a there's definitely a, a lot to discuss when it comes to those two. Let's talk about tight ends real quick before we jump an offensive line to close up today's show. Uh, Mark, tight end room, Gronk, probably almost definitely going to be back. Let's just assume that he is. We don't have to get into it again. O.J. Howard, obviously back. Cam Brate, six and a half mil on the cap right now. 
Alclair is a free agent. Uh, don't know what to expect with him. It probably depends on what happens with Cam Brate, maybe. Tanner Hudson, exclusive rights free agent. If the Bucs want him back, in simple terms, if the Bucs want him back, he'll be back. I don't know if anybody really cares. Uh, no offense to Tanner. But um, looking at this tight end room, they feel like they're very set for 2021. Completely in the dark beyond that mark. Tight end, sneaky position. If somebody's yeah. there, should we be talking about tight end as a possibility at 32 no, for this team? No, 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 no. I, I mean, uh, no, I, I don't think so. Not I think at 32, I, but but on day two, maybe? Second I mean, or third round? Yeah, you could you could see them doing that, especially, again, it depends on what pans out in free agency um, and, and what they end up doing with Cam Brate. Certainly, if they end up cutting Cam Brate, uh, OJ's only got one more year right now. He's on his fifth mm-hmm. year. He'll be playing on his fifth year option, and, and Gronkowski's right. probably only got one more year. So, at that point, yeah, I think I, I think they would be looking at a, at a tight end. Don't know about thirty two. I don't know where we are tight end uh, class wise. I mean, where would you? It's, it's, is it it's a solid class. Yeah, it's solid, solid class. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously not going to get Cal Pitts, but Pat Freemuth from from Penn State can block a little bit. And there's a kid from Notre Dame, Tommy Trumbull, who gets after people. I think the Bucks are going to like him, and uh, he's got upside too. So maybe he could be a second round option for them, trade down option. I don't know where he's going to walk forty. Are they at any production at Notre Dame? But he's like kind of like a um, a George Kittle type, and that like very physical, very aggressive, blocks really well, flashed a lot of ability, but really raw as it's there's some similarities there so there might be options for them i'm more with you though mark i, I don't want to spend a ton of time on tight end because like i said we'll we'll come back to another show when we talk about real, it's probably- real quick i just noticed in the chat somebody mentioning they see scotty miller in the slot scotty miller is not going to be in the slot really in this offense i mean that's the no. reason that the buccaneers well besides the fact adam humphreys was offered a ton of money adam humphreys would not really fit in the slot in this offense and adam really wasn't a good enough guy to be a, an outside receiver scotty miller is, is just not going to be a good fit in in a bruce arians offense playing in the slot because of what they ask their slot receiver to do you need a bigger more physical guy scotty miller would die uh if he had to line up you know in the slot as, as oh, yeah. a starter uh, in right. this football team, so scratch yeah. that one off the list. I'm sorry. Right. Go yeah, they, We're going to the offensive line guys, now. Right. Yeah, they put us in the slot, kind of a situational type of things for certain routes. But yeah, you know, yeah, you want, you're talking about yeah, slot guy. It's definitely not Scotty Miller in this offense. But as for tight end, just touching real quick on what you said, I do think it'll be something that they prioritize perhaps in 2020 in the in next year's draft. This year's draft, I think they want to see how things go, see how things go with Gronk, see how things go with O.J. Howard. I think they still like him. They're really excited by him. He just just stay on the field, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I just want, like, they want to see how things go. I'm not saying if they love a player, they won't take him. I don't think it's like we got to find our next tight end in this year's class at all, regardless of what happens with Cam Brate. Um, okay, offensive line. All five starters are back. Ryan Jensen, Donovan Smith, uh, and Alex Kappa all in the last years of their deal right now. But all five starters are back. Beyond that, Aaron Stinney, that's basically it. John Molshin, who they liked as an undrafted free agent from Boise State. There's really nothing else. I mean, there really wasn't much depth this past season. They, they pieced it together with people. AQ Shipley, Ted Larson, you know, the Larson, I don't know what's going to happen with him, free agent now, and Shipley had to retire because of the injury. There's no depth, and there's three potential question marks beyond the 2021 season. Now, I think Ryan Jensen probably gets extended, would be my guess. Yeah. This He's – He's 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 nearing thirty. He's gonna be thirty in a couple. Uh, I think it's two months or something like that in May. So he's nearing that point where it's like, okay, he's probably not gonna hit the market. You know, he's gonna be thirty-one. He's probably not gonna hit the market in time to get paid big. So let's give him a couple more years. Let's spread out his cap hit a little bit. 
and will and everybody will be happy. He's got a security, he can finish uh, his career here, whatever. Um, Donovan Smith is trickier. This guy is still 27 years old. Again, Bucks draft him young, um, and so I, I am not sure that he is going to be on board with a with an extension. I just don't know if that's really what he wants because he knows he can hit the market after this year. You know, so I would I say this to say if the Bucks want to extend him, I think they're going to have to offer a pretty decent extension, uh, pretty good money, and you're going to have to hope his play doesn't fall off because you're probably going to be saddled with him for another. You know, we're counting this next season probably another four years before that you can get out of the cat. I bet that's the kind of contract he'd be looking for, guaranteed money over that term. So it's a trickier situation for the Bucks to be able to extend him just because his play hasn't been consistent in the past. I think he's trending in the right direction. I still would be a little bit skittish about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Donovan Smith, but you know, he ta- top tackle money is tough, and you know Tristan Wirfs is going to command it at some point down the road, and uh, so you just have to structure the contact. Right maybe, now, maybe, think. maybe they go. I mean, I think they certainly try and extend Donovan this year. I don't know that I, I'm with you. I don't know that, that they do that because his agent right. is going to be smart and know that, um, you know, left tackles don't grow on trees, especially mm-hmm. guys that have been as durable as him, regardless of his inconsistent play at times. Um, Donovan can be as, you know, as good as really anybody in the league at that position when he puts his mind to it. And we saw that uh, at least through the playoffs anyway. He was yeah. as good as any any tackle all season, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, but they've got worfs. And so maybe, maybe that's where they look, uh, maybe that's where they look for a tackle in, in day one or day two. Uh, a guy that they feel could be a right tackle and, and they pay Donovan this year and, uh, they see what happens, but, uh, let him walk after this year and, and move Tristan over to the right side. And, and then they've got a guy, uh, ready to step in on the right side in 2022. I don't, I don't know, but that's again, What's what's so beautiful about winning a Super Bowl is you don't have a lot of holes in your team, and right. you can take chances. I mean, there's so many possibilities. I mean, we knew the mm-hmm. Buccaneers had to have an offensive lineman last year. There was not any mystery to it, right? Um, even mm-hmm. a couple years ago when it was Vita Vea or Derwin James, those were two huge need positions when the Buccaneers took him. Really, the last position that they took where you could make an argument they didn't need the guy was O.J. Howard. When they took him at number nineteen a few years ago, um, yeah. you know there were probably some other bigger needs on the team, but he was a guy that was really a consensus top ten guy in most of the mock drafts, or at least top fifteen. And they saw him slip, and it was almost like I mean, we almost have to take this guy at this point. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so but yeah, I, I'm 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 with you. Uh, I think the Buccaneers would love to lock up Donovan for a few more years. I know that Donovan is more thought of inside that building than he is on the outside of the building from the fans and even from the media. Oh, yeah. uh, I took some abuse from uh, somebody in the front office earlier this year when I when I made a little joke about Donovan Smith. Uh, anyway, and, and his point was, uh, go find a guy that starts 79 out of 80 games in his career, you know what I mean, at that position. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't think you can just, you know, base everything on durability because performance is a big part of it as well. Sure. But, Again, it's not like they haven't. It's not like he struggled his entire career. We've seen flashes mm-hmm. of, of of greatness from Donovan Smith, particularly down the stretch in the playoffs, and I think that's what they're banking on for the future. And certainly, the play, uh, the the leadership, and and having Tom Brady behind the center elevated the play of of not just um, Donovan Smith, but but the whole team. But but really, a guy like Donovan Smith benefited as much from Tom Brady as as anybody on that offense. Right. And Bucks fans may agree or disagree, but there's no question if Donovan Smith 
it's free agency this year. He would he could reset the market attack. I mean, he is going to be he would be highly paid. That's because of his youth, because of the fact that his play is that position. That position the is position. Such, it's 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 the durability. Right. Yes. I mean, he would get paid. There's no doubt about it in my mind. So lots to think about on the offensive line. Biggest thing, though, uh, you know, even if Jensen and Smith do get extended uh, in a round long term. Ryan Jens or uh, Alex Kappa, you know, it just you can't pay everybody. It's kind of like the Jordan Whitehead thing. Love the way both of them play. Think they're two of the most improved players on the team. By the end of the day, like you're probably not going to pay Jordan Whitehead, and you're probably not going to play pay Alex Kappa if you're paying everybody else. You know, so we're at. We'll have to see. I'm not saying they're gone after this next season, but they're going into contract years, and Kappa's going into contract year, and Aaron Stinney, maybe he'll get a shot to replace him, maybe. But I watched Stinney, and I thought he held his own. But I don't think I saw like a guy that you want an optimal long-term starter. Um, you know, more likely uh, he's earned his spot and his respect as a backup here in Tampa Bay. So, you know, what's the future of that position? You don't have a backup center right now that you trust to snap if something happens to Jensen. So you have to f- replace what, basically what they brought in AQ Shipley to do. And so there's all that to consider for the box. I think offensive line – is a position we might see. I don't think it'll be in the, it might not be in the first round. Like I said, it's impossible to say what position they'll draft in the first round, especially right now. They are really in position to draft best player available, but I do think offensive line is a position. I wouldn't be surprised to see them hit twice in this upcoming class because they know how important it is. Yep. And they know that a bunch of guys are going into one year deals the way it currently the, sits. You can't, you can't go wrong drafting in the trenches, you, you know, on the offensive side and really mm-hmm. the defensive side. I mean, you know, you, you got to draft him and, and, and hope a, a couple of them stick and, and hit. Um, again, statistically, even first-round draft picks are about a 50% workout. Mm-hmm. You know, they work out 50% of the time. It drops when you get lower than that. So you just got to keep drafting a man and, and, and find some. I will say this. I thought that uh, Joe Gilbert and Harold Godwin, um, Goodwin, I always screw him up with, uh, with Chris, but Harold yeah. Goodwin, uh, did a masterful job of that offensive line, breaking some bad habits that they had last year and from the previous regime with George Warhop and, and just did a tremendous job with these guys. So uh, hats off to those two guys. So whoever the mm-hmm. Buccaneers do bring in, they're going to get a hell of a coaching job. If you look at – John, and I, don't, I don't want you to do this because I don't want you to lose your lunch, but if you went back and watched Alex Kappa as a rookie and where he is today, you don't even Tough recognize stuff. that guy. Not even yeah. close. Not even close. So, and I and I attribute a lot to that to to the coaching staff mm-hmm. and what they were able to do. So, yep, he anyway. keeps progressing at the rate that he is. He's going to get paid next offseason uh, at a starter's price, and so you know, definitely happy for him. He's played great. Uh, Jason yeah, Light will just find another D three guy somewhere. That's what he pro- loves to do. And, yep, and Scott and I talked about one of those options in last yeah. week's podcast. If you go back and check out that one, we yeah. talked about uh, a couple options for them maybe in, uh, on day two at the offensive line spots. I'll be talking about that too during the offseason as we move forward. Some names that throw out there at those positions. But yeah, right now, offensive line long term, definitely something that this team could be targeting. There is very little depth for this upcoming season, and starters beyond that is something that they're going to be looking for for sure. So, Also, another fun thing is that at 32 – that's usually one of the positions you can count on. There's still being some good options at as centers, guards. You know, we've seen a lot of. Yeah. I think Travis Frederick was down in that range of the draft. Eric McCoy was later in the fir- or was early in the second round. So you trade back. You know, there's some guys usually that are still on the board uh, in those ranges uh, at those positions. So, be interested to see what they do. Again, there's so much to be learned this off season about the box because there's so many contracts and all that. It's the second straight off season where we've had like just a ton of intrigue. 
with the Bucks. Uh, so excited to see how it all shakes out. What is it, March 17th? Is that when free agency opens? I believe I so. I'll double-check my date. I think it's St. Patrick's Day. So you can uh, drink a lot so, and yeah. stick to Pewter Report because at 4 o'clock it kicks mm, off. Right. Although, you know, John, it was a few years ago um, before the legal tampering period, the three-day window that the mm-hmm. teams now have. It was completely different on, on free agency day. I remember Scott and I making a list of all the agents. All right, I had 20 agents. He had 20 agents. And at 4 o'clock, we just started calling them. You know, have you right. heard from the Bucks? Blah, 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 to try and break that story. Um, you know, it's it's a little more anticlimactic now because you kind of get mm-hmm. the rumors and you kind of know where guys are going to go uh, before it kicks off. But it's still an exciting time of the year for me. I love free agency, maybe even more than the draft, to be honest with you, because as we saw last year, it really – can't change your franchise when you bring in a yeah. guy like Tom Brady. So absolutely, anyway, 